The queen is coming. You have now entered. Ah. A city yeah. of love. The queen is coming. A city of hope. Ah. A city of rejuvenation. Yeah. The queen is coming. Ah. La la yeah. The queen is coming. Yeah. The queen is coming. La la yeah. The queen is coming. The queen is coming. Ah, la la yeah. The queen is coming. The queen is coming. La la yeah. The queen is coming. Here we wash your robe. Send out a probe. Travel the globe. Travel the globe. The lights might strobe. Light beams might bend. Sound waves might awaken all my sacred kin. Familia, Palenque, Corla, Aleke. Queen is coming. Shlala here. Queen is coming. Hey, 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 Palenqueros. It is your girl, Queen Lala. And I am here with you this episode to talk about the new movie, Antebellum. Y'all, I love this movie. I saw this movie just the other day and I was actually waiting on it because I love the genre of horror. I've said that before. I like a good, scary movie. I really do. And as of late, when you've seen the movies Get Out and Us from Jordan Peele, we have almost now uh, a whole new genre within the genre that deals with horror movies that speak to black culture in a whole different way. So this one you can add to the list, although it's not from Jordan Peele, it is from the um directors or producers that also worked with Jordan Peele on Get Out. And to me, it did not disappoint. So spoiler alert, if you have not seen the movie yet, don't listen to my podcast until you have seen the movie. So you're going to have to stop and wait. So as I said before, I'm a fan of the horror genre and Antebellum just totally exceeded my expectations. It speaks to the horrors of slavery. And it's definitely bone chilling because we know everything that happened in slavery is just absolutely horrific. So there's no axe wielding psycho. There's no doppelganger. None of that is necessary because the real story is horrific, right? So it's interesting to me because as I look at some of the movie reviews and see how they're rating Antebellum, um, a lot of people are giving it bad reviews. I saw one review that talked about expecting those on the plantation to just be able to escape and leave. It took um, the lead character to be able to be the only one to leave. Why couldn't those people come together and just escape? I was like, it's a horror movie. Like, I've been watching horror movies all my life. And that's just how we as black people feel when we watch a horror movie and see the white people in the horror movie go straight to whatever's going on. Like, oh, let me check out what's making that strange noise. And we're in the movie. They're like, oh, no, turn around, run. Or 
the house. You hear sounds in the house. They're like, let me go investigate. We're like, no, get the hell up out of there. But that's the same to me. So instead of just running away and, and when we're sitting there saying, why don't y'all just run away? And they're going to check out stuff. They're sitting there like, well, why don't people just leave? Well, it's a horror movie. So some of that corny stuff is still going to be in there. Like it's a movie. So they didn't just leave. Right. But beside beyond that, there's a caution there because saying like, oh, these people are on this plantation, you know, they're slaves. They didn't have to be slaves. They could have just left. Caution. Hmm. That line of thought is still a little bit dangerous because it also goes similar to Kanye West's comment intimating that slavery was some kind of choice. So if you see in the movie those that are enslaved or being treated as those that were enslaved, clearly they're held there against their will. They're surrounded by armed soldiers, so they can't just escape because we already saw in the first five minutes of the movie that someone was killed. So they ain't afraid to kill you on that plantation. So it's not just that easy just to start running. You're definitely going to just get shots or drug or whatever put into the little shed and burnt the hell up. They clearly know that they risk their lives trying to make an escape attempt. Veronica was there for months and she was brutalized severely and she had already had a failed attempt is what it looked like in the beginning of the movie to escape before she was actually able to succeed in an escape from the plantation. To me, that first five minutes and the last five minutes of this movie are epic. The music in the background in the beginning and just watching what's going on with no dialogue, no words. And if you look closely and you see the woman, the black woman that's running in a green dress, she has a gold chain around her neck with a cross. So already, you know, if you know anything about slavery, right, that nuance right there tells you something strange because slaves cannot have gold chains, necklaces, and they, they wouldn't have that. So the only way that they would have had something like that would have been that they stole it. And so that would be the other option is that she's wearing something that's stolen or or. Um, is not hers because they weren't allowed to have those type of personal possessions. So you know right there and there, if you know anything about slavery, something is wrong with regard to what's happening in um, that particular scene that gives a, a snippet into what, what's going on. So the last five minutes, the same. It has that, uh, the music and the beautiful writing and her carrying that axe um, across that battlefield. So the, the the beginning and the end of that movie to me are just absolutely poetic, artistry, and epic. But I told you about a few, a clue right there, but there are other clues. There are other subtleties that have gone over the heads of many viewers based on these less than stellar reviews that I've read. So they're complaining, you know, about it being another slave movie, that it subjects its viewers to a cycle of violence and it just further polarizes the country. But to me, it, it can't further polarize the country. It just parallels the actual current climate in America right now. And it pulls back the layers to reveal that underbelly of white supremacy 
right? Through the genre, through the artistry, through what we see in this storytelling. And I love a good story. And Palenqueros, there's a good story, okay? So slavery was a cycle of violence. So saying that it just shows a cycle of violence, well, it's about slavery. It's going to show a cycle of violence if it's authentic because slavery was a cycle of violence. Problem is, we've just been used to seeing it sugar-coated on film in America. So we're not used to seeing all the atrocities and actually how horrific slavery was in America because it's been sugar-coated um, through American cinema over the years. So I wonder why other period pieces without a person of color in them or people of color in them or only with people of color cast to serve in some capacity are made, then those films are celebrated. Oh, it's a magnificent period piece. And oh, it spoke to the period. But no one says that those films further oppressed or polarized the country. When those films are released, they're hailed as cinematic art. This particular movie seems to be getting a lot of pushback with regard to its authenticity, this, that, and the other. It's a horror movie. Come on. Come on. And this is the actual horror that black people live with. It's a shared trauma. It's passed down from generation to generation. And it's something that white viewers seem to believe is really far-fetched and exaggerated. So that proves, once again, that our lived experiences and our culture vary greatly based on race in this country. So I'm looking at this film and I'm seeing that shared trauma and how it manifests and how it is juxtaposed the current climate while others are looking at it believing it to be, oh, it's just far-fetched, it's exaggerated, it's just so brutal, it did not have to be that brutal. Slavery was brutal, y'all. There are many cultural clues, there are many nuances that speak directly to the Black viewer. I mean, some of these things just gave me life as I was watching this movie. One would um, have to also understand the Black culture to pick up on some of these things. So, there's a point in the movie where they show Veronica's degrees on her wall from college and she has a Spelman degree hung above the degree that she has from Columbia University, showing that that place of honor, the top place, she's hanging her degree from her HBCU, not her degree from her PWI, Columbia, paying homage to that education that she received from that HBCU, whereas others may say, oh, that Columbia degree is much more valuable. She's showing that place of honor as the top spot on her wall. There's also a point where she slaps some Murray's hair grease on her edges. <laughs> and that just made me laugh because if you don't know what Murray's is, and you see that can, the can kind of looks old timey, but Murray's hair grease, that came out in the 20s. So that was a dead giveaway. Like that, she had that Murray's hair grease in the antebellum period. We, we know this something's up. It's another clue. Um, because she got some Murray's hair grease and she is slicking down her edges. So also she's snatching down her edges like something about to happen. Let me get my edges right because something's about to happen. So that part there just, just cracked me up. And then there's homage to none other than Beyonce by um, 
having Veronica in her Ivy Park workout wear while she's practicing her yoga just to um, add that piece in there to kind of give a nod to, yes, you know, I got the Queen Bee's workout stuff on while I'm doing my yoga. Yep, just to name a few. Then throughout the movie as well, the microaggressions that we see throughout the film that are purposefully placed throughout and that occur in daily life, it would be a struggle to understand without black skin those microaggressions. You might see them but not fully understand the looks um, that are given, the looks that characters are given to each other. An issue that was made out to be an issue, you see one of the white characters stepping in and kind of saying what she means to say and then no, the um, black character snaps her back and gets her all the way straightened out and right about what happened with their seating in the restaurant. All those little things are highlighted in the film. And because they're there and you can relate to those subtleties, it just makes the experience even better. So I think what's happening with regard to the reviews is because so many of the viewing audience can't connect to those little subtleties. It is making them not fully understand the movie. And there's many times where we watch movies that are more what we would call mainstream or white and can't connect to those same little subtleties because it's not a part of the culture. It's just not maybe that joke doesn't land funny or you miss something because it's just not part of what's in your frame of reference. Also throughout the film, there's this constant silencing, this shh that happens, you know, on the plantation, they can't talk. You're, you have to be quiet. They're constantly shushing you. And so that shushing of the black voice or the shushing of black history, it is such a, um, to me, purposefully placed emphasis on silencing the black voice, silencing black history. And it is so relevant right now with the recent decree from the current president against the 1619 Project, purposefully trying to silence um, the 1619 Project, openly coming out and saying, calling it propaganda, where it's clearly the voice of the oppressed, that perspective that isn't told, that is valued and should have its voice and should be allowed to be told in a free country. So this constant shushing of Black people is something that is so relatable. And throughout the movie, that even in the um, music, you hear it in the underlying lyrics of the music. And at the end where she finally gets the two brutal officers or soldiers into that shed and burns them up and they're they're screaming, let me out, let me out. And she shushes them. Oh, that was another part that just gave me life. Like shush them yes and that he was wrapped in the confederate flag and drug into that shed so not only was she burning up them she was burning up that flag those little nuances were just just amazing and um i know they were purposefully placed but you can't pick up on them in the same manner um based on your cultural frame of reference as you can if you have black skin The plantation 
being a reformer plantation. That's what we're told by Jasper when he is instructing the newly brought slaves to the plantation that it's a reformer plantation because these people were like Jasmine, activists and social justice warriors. They're Blacks that need to be reformed in some way or taught a lesson and therefore silenced. So that piece of feeling like as a social justice warrior or someone that is active or speaks to what it is that exists in this country and what oppresses Black people and Black bodies and Black voices, you need to be silenced and we need to perform you because you haven't assimilated properly. Here we are bringing these Black bodies over to this plantation so that they can be taught a lesson and reformed. Ugh masterpiece also the communication in the cotton fields when they started whistling and you know black history and and in black history you know that slaves communicated with drums and after they took the drums away from slaves as a form of communication slaves would communicate to each other through the type of negro spiritual that they sang in the fields, like swing low, sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me home would mean that someone's coming on Underground Railroad. It's time you, you can escape tonight because passengers are leaving. It's coming forth to carry me home. So there was different messages, communication within those Negro spirituals. So here you hear Jasper telling them, why don't you go ahead and just whistle a song or whatever? And as they whistle, they, they, the song they whistled was lift every voice and sing. Oh, yes, gave me life. So if you don't know the song, lift every voice and sing, which is the black national anthem, um, black people know this song. So this would be known and understood by those black people as, okay, it's time to organize. We're going to organize for our freedom knowing that that's a song of liberty. They all started whistling and humming together while the whites that were there just heard like a little snappy tune, listen to the Negroes singing a little snappy tune. Because of course, until this year when they played it at the NFL, white people didn't even know there was a black national anthem or that lift every voice and sing even existed. Some may have, but most didn't. They're like, what? Black national anthem? What's that? It's been here for over a hundred years. And start singing it. Black people know it. So using that song as the tune that they whistled. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Amazing nuance. That rapping, like I said, the dead senator in the Confederate flag before burning him and the other spoke to the Confederate flag removal and what has happened across the country with banning it, bringing it down. And then walking away, holding that flaming torch. When Veronica walks away after setting that shit on fire, holding that flaming torch is parallel to Charlottesville. And you saw another clip of that in the movie when the Confederate soldiers were marching and they were holding the torches and they were saying blood and soil, blood and soil. Now, if you know anything about that and white supremacy, you know that blood and soil was a chant that the Nazi regime coined. So antebellum was way before the Holocaust in Germany. So, you know, if they're chanting blood and soil, it can't be antebellum, period. But you'd have to know history to know that. 
you'd have to know history to know that. So in hearing them chant that, you know, that's a white nationalist chant that came from Nazi Germany. That is not an antebellum chant of the Civil War. So that paralleled Charlottesville because in Charlottesville, when the white supremacists marched there, they also chanted blood and soil. And Veronica holding that torch, that flaming torch, was reminiscent of those white supremacists marching, but her holding the flaming torch after she had just burned the shed with the Confederates in there. Then, I forgot her name, but she's a daughter of the senator, right, that was in Veronica's room and called her in the Zoom meeting. She actually went after, you know, Veronica when they were riding on horseback, was killed by throwing that rope, that noose around her neck. And so the symbolism there with regard to lynching and yet it being a white body with a rope around his neck and being drugged, just like the body was drugged in the first scene of the black woman. And here she is drugged, just like how many, many black bodies were drugged and lynched over the course of hundreds of years, just Never, ever seen anything like that on film. Just it, it was just something to see a white woman with a noose around her neck being drugged in the antebellum period behind a horse that a black woman was riding. And then to hit the base of that monument, that Confederate monument to Robert E. Lee, where she just breaks her neck or shatters her spine and, and is killed, killed by being pulled by a noose around her neck to hitting the base of that Confederate monument, which is a symbol of white supremacy. Oh, epic. Just absolutely epic. That parallel um, juxtaposed to where we are right now and so many bodies that have been oppressed and terrorized. I thought it was just a masterpiece the way they did that and that those nuances, if you know history from a black perspective, you would be able to pick up on those things. And if you didn't, you wouldn't be able to. Knowing the history just made me even more excited watching the film. So it was a great, scary movie. It was also, to me, a very good plot. I enjoy watching it. Remember, the genre is horror. The genre is not historical fiction. So as you watch it, you're watching a horror movie, right? Keep that in mind. But it's also suspense. It's also drama in there. So all those symbols, all those nuances, all those cultural clues, to me, really made this film an excellent film. Then couple that with the fact that the cell phone saved the black folks' life, that to me was um, another epic example. Because right now in history, cell phones are saving people's life. Cell phones are, are helping to get justice served. Cell phones have brought issues to light that never would have made the light of day. You see, there's horrific things that happen every day, but there's no video. But the cell phone, having that cell phone, the power of a cell phone in your hand can set you free. And at the end of the movie, it was that cell phone where she was able to send a pin of the location where she was is what sent help to um, help her. And then all of this is happening while oblivious white patrons pay admission to go and watch 
the reenactment at Antebellum Park, right? For fun. Yeah. And Antebellum really means before the Civil War. So the park was called Antebellum, but they also had the battles that led up or were part of the Civil War, which were actually post-Antebellum period, if you want to get into the history. But at the end where you see that, that people are paying admission to come into the park to participate in the antebellum period, live the antebellum period, be a part of the battle or watch the battle for fun. And they're oblivious to the horrors, to the atrocity, to the oppression that's actually going on around them while they're wearing their Confederate flags and just feeling like it's about pride, right? It just could not believe it. I was like, yes, that's what it is. That's exactly what we see, that people can be very oblivious in terms of what they view as just part of their culture and just part of fun and really harmless when such harm, such atrocity, such oppression was happening right there, right there. Yep. So like I said before in a previous episode, I have been to Civil War reenactment. And I think because that lived in my frame of reference, that's why I like this movie even more. Because while being there, just had the eeriest feeling in the world that why are people reenacting this? I don't understand the reenactment piece. I don't feel comfortable here with all these Confederate flags waving. And to just watch that movie and at the end see that it's all based on the Civil War reenactment battles and these places exist they they have these places across the um south where they actually reenact battles where they actually have week-long whatever it is celebrations and activities that you can reenact so living in the south and knowing that that's true even more was like oh my gosh what a twist what a twist. And when you go to these reenactments, there ain't, there ain't black people there. Very few. And can, you can't imagine why. Because your part in the play is the worst part of all. So you don't see black people participating. But yet and still they exist and they happen. That last plot twist or that last reveal was truly amazing. So Antebellum is truly my favorite movie of this year. So I'll close out here. And I just wanted to highlight this for you because it made so many connections for me. And, you know, on our Palenque, that's what we do is that we look for the history that's untold. The nuances that appeared in this movie really made some strong connections to history as well as some nods to present day. So your call to action is to go back and watch Antebellum again. And look for some of the things that I touched upon as well as any others that maybe I missed and that you can let me know about. I have also linked a few resources to the movie site in um, our show notes and some information on the actual antebellum period in history. Until next time, it's your girl, Queen Lala. Make sure to follow us on social media and share this podcast with others. Hit subscribe and I'll see you soon.
Peace. The queen is coming. Yeah, la la Set the wrong body armor. White ass. Present for the queen mother. What's your contribution? It's a community. You know it spells. Mutiny. We take the ship. We turn the bow. We flip the stern. You got to learn. Put your gas man. Set the wrong body armor. White ass. Presents for the queen mother, put your gas mask. Saint LeBron, body armor, why you ass? Presents for the queen mother, queen is coming. Lala Hills, queen is coming. Yeah, yeah, the queen is coming. Lala Hills, queen is coming. Yalla, yalla, yalla. The queen is coming. Lala Hills. Queen is coming. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I said, the Queen is coming. La La here. I said, the Queen is coming.